a lot of people are driven b- between these two extremes of legalism or just antinomianism. Welcome, welcome. This is Anchored and Devoted. I'm Pastor Joseph and... Yeah, I'm Pastor Jer. And we've got a bonus pastor again. We found someone else who was willing to come back. We've got a brother <laughs> named Larry. He doesn't know what he's up in for, but we hope he'll stay for the whole episode. We'll see. You'll have to tune in to figure that out. Um, <laughs> typically, I make silly sounds. And as you heard, Jared just gave you one. I guess to do is yours. Um, this is for the new believer as well as the seasoned believer. Welcome to Anchored and Devoted. As you can see, Jared, I brought my energy as opposed to the other day when I was super tired. I'm ready. Are y'all I ready? It, dude. I love it. So good morning. Good morning. And, uh, um glad you could come and join us today. Jerry, you want to start with questions or shall I? I'll yeah. First question is uh just uh, Larry, welcome. Thank you for yep. being with us. Uh just a little bit of bio here. What is your um what church do you serve at? How long have you been there? What's your role there? Oh my, my name is uh, Larry Thompson, and uh I'm the pastor at the Upper Room Worship Center. It's in uh, Parkville, Maryland. That's in uh, Baltimore County in uh, Maryland. And um, I have been there, it'll be 15 years in October. Wow. Man, wow. Wow. That's awesome. 15 years. Are you the lead pastor up there? Yep, yep, yep. And as you can see, I didn't have any gray hair when I started. <laughs> 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 but, but now look at me. <laughs> Full disclosure, Larry, uh, Dave, and I all went to seminary at the same time. So we did. Looking back at you know 15 years in ministry like that just makes me feel old, bro. I, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I don't feel old. I just know I am. Um uh, you know what? It's it's one of those things where I, as you stated, I can look in the mirror and say, Yeah, that's not the same. I can shave and go, oh, I look pretty good. Um, but I can close when my you eyes start and say looking that. at when you start when I when I look across at your kids, Jer, or look across at mm-hmm. your gray hair, then it's like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. time is quick because it doesn't feel like it's been that long since seminary. It like, does it doesn't not feel, like feel that it doesn't, right. it doesn't feel that long at all. Not at all. You know that long. I actually would have assumed it was longer, honestly, just because so much has happened since then. Right. Um, <laughs> in those fifteen years, I would have assumed there was a COVID warp of four. You know, if you had said twenty <laughs> years, right. I'd been like, oh, okay. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't have denied it. I just know it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. The no. church, did you start it? Was it something you stepped into? How'd that come about? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, started the church in, uh, October of, of 2008. And, um, you know, after leaving the seminary, I, you know, worked at my home church for three years. I was in charge of like the counseling and the visitations, mm-hmm. like the, maybe the last year and a half there, I started working at. Uh, a community college um, of Baltimore County and um, a program for adults with disabilities. Uh, um, I worked there for five years and, um, you know, while, while I started the church. So I um, started the church and, um, you know, it's, 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 it's uh, like Charles Dickens is the, the best of times and the worst of times. Right. <laughs> um, you know, I think people don't really, uh, you know, people sometimes go into established churches and not just not just pastors, but, you know, members, and they, they don't see all that goes into everything that needs mm-hmm. to be done. 
to uh, run a church. But when you uh, start the church, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> they didn't tell me it was going to be like this in, in school <laughs> no there's a lot that was left out the book i can attest to that yeah i did a church plan for four years and loved it yeah um loved it loved it but there is there is a huge gap for me in the in the western church model of um lead pastor solo versus mm-hmm. co-pastor or going out in pairs kind of thing. And in seminary, that was not a conversation. It was, the model was, you go plant the church, you're the lead and you disciple and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, I need someone for counseling. Someone for, I don't even know what that is. Um, Vision. Um, Yeah, that's what God gives me in my dreams. I have no time to really (laughs) think about it. Right. Do you not have a pastor of vision, Dave? (laughs) No, I'll be your pastor of vision. uh, You know what? That would be quite entertaining. (laughs) Um, I'll walk in with my white cane every day and say, I'm the pastor of vision. (laughs) That would be good. (laughs) We need a prophet of vision who is also legally blind. (laughs) I've seen pastor of buzz on some churches. uh, Our our team. Okay, so now we're digressing. The thing I've ever seen was uh, a friend of mine was preaching at a church and I went uh to the service and uh the pastor got up and said you know my name is blah 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 and here i am the tribal chieftain <laughs> what <laughs> and I, I, hope, you know, I hope there's some kind of like headdress or please something tell me like this a, was a large like gourd with beads <laughs> this was a what please tell me this was a large church oh uh, it was a it was a fairly not not, not a nice sized church it's okay like i i know i i all the megas i bump into I'm always impressed with some of the titles and I'm just like, what in the yeah. world was the yeah, thinking? Pastor's just not good enough anymore. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, what is this? What what are we doing? Like that's right. So so back back to you, Larry. What um what got you into pastoring? How did you how did you determine that was something that you wanted to, you know, beat your head against the wall of? <laughs> right. You know, um, uh, backstory, right? Um, ministry is not something I ever really wanted to do, right? It's a good um, start. Yeah. Um, growing up, I, 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 I knew, hey, I wanted to be an accountant or, you know, or an engineer, or something that made six figures, and, you know, I would live the good life. Yeah. Sounds like a good pastor then. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> And uh, when I was 17, people always uh, hit with this dramatic story. But uh, true, true, this absolute truth. I was 17 years old, and I had this dream about me um, being in the pulpit at my church. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just like, oh, that's a funny dream. I'm not ever interested in something like that. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I went about my normal life for the next two years. And, um, you know, two years later, I started... You know, I kept questioning, wondering, like, you know, what is what is this? I'm like, that's not something I really want to do. Yeah. So I went went to Morgan State after graduated high school, and um, you know, started with uh, you know, um, um, a degree in accounting, and I then started having this same dream again, 
And um, I was just like, well, God, I'm just going to flat out let you know, I, I, I'm i just not doing that. I just not, it's not something that I'm interested in doing. And um, I literally had this dream every single night for a week straight. I left uh, campus one day and was on my way home. And uh, my parents' house was maybe like a mile from, from, from my church. Yeah. And so I'm heading towards my parents' house and I literally fall asleep as I'm approaching the in, this intersection. Right. And uh, um, I like, you know, there's cars in front of me, but I end up in the median. It's like a grass, a big grassy median. So I, I, I'm in the median. I, I wake up and look around I'm like, what am I doing in this median? <laughs> this median. Wow. And so I said, OK, God, you're going to win. So <laughs> I, I made that right into the church, uh, um, to the church and uh, talked to my pastor and kind of the rest is history. But um, ended up, you know, leaving Morgan and and going to WBC. Oh wow! Going to uh, then going to Capital, um, and I was in uh, Chris Boucher's class uh, mm-hmm. one day, and uh, we were talking about it was like like equipping an, an equipping class, and we had to do an yeah. assignment on uh, you know, starting your own ministry. It could be any kind of a ministry, and so. Uh, my project was, hey, if I was going to start a church, this is what I would do. And I we had to put put it all together. And so Chris asked me, he said, "Um, you did this whole assignment, but you didn't name name the church. And so <laughs> we, we were sitting in classes, like throwing out names and things like that. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm, I'm going to name it the Upper Room Worship Center. <laughs> and it's funny because that's the name of my church right now. Oh, and, wow. <laughs> you know, literally... Um, you know, after being at the church for about, you know, after graduating and working for the church three years, just say, hey, you know, it's like it, my my passion for um, for pastoring just grew. And yeah. and, um, you know, so stepped out there and started the church. How did you get saved? You know, um, I um, got saved when I was six years old. You know, my uh, my family has, um, you know, always been in church. Actually, both my father's side and my my mother's side, they all were at the exact same church. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, growing up, my parents would, um, you know, they would give us uh, Bible quizzes at home. So we would have to go to like youth group <laughs> and Bible study. And, and then they would do Bible study with us at home. We would have memory verses and, and everything, right? My mother would... would take out note, notebook paper and write her own quizzes for the Bible and then photocopy, like, nice. make of it. And, and um, so, you know, we, we grew up in church um, around six years old. Um, you know, I remember praying uh, with my mother uh, to accept Jesus as my Savior. Um, you know, but was I really serious? Not, not really, um, you know, because... Even I guess we'll get it, get into this later, I guess. But even the week that I um, the week I did my first sermon, mm-hmm. um, I went to the club. I wasn't I didn't get drunk. <laughs> but I didn't get drunk. But, you know, I, I was a little tipsy. <laughs> you know, <Sorry>. the spirit <laughs> was moving. So, yes. <laughs> you know, so. Hey, notice I didn't put this out there this time. Oh oh my goodness. I asked you if there was any questions we shouldn't ask. Obviously, coming to Christ is one of them. I didn't realize that was a question. 
I came to Christ, but he had to chase me for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, my um, you know. Oh my what was your message about? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What was your message about <laughs> after going to the club? Like what message do you bring? On a Sunday, like the Jesus you know, tax collectors and sinners, <laughs> clearly, and I was last night too. Right? Yeah, my first sermon was titled "Images Everything." From... <laughs> I'm sorry, this is getting so much better. <laughs> what? Yeah, Gen- 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 Genesis one, two, and three. <laughs> oh wow! Oh my goodness! In the beginning, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So a, lot, okay. a lot of a lot of hypocrisy going on. You know. Wow. So. Did you smell like smoke? Like. Well, I did shower, so I you know I didn't I didn't smell like smoke, but you know. <laughs> but my clothes did. So I don't. Just... <laughs> <laughs> How old were you? Hold on, hold on. I just got a picture of this. How old were you? Uh, nineteen. This huh? is so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. God's I grace. I love right it. There. This is fits. God's grace. I love it. Keep hey, going. I'm sorry. Is, okay, so he chased you. <laughs> I'm putting myself on mute. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. So you know, um, you know, typical story. You know, ra- raised in church, um, discipled by, you know, like through, you know, you know, uh, youth groups and things like that. Um, you know, my parents and um, I feel like, you know, came to Christ at a, at a young age. But, you know, typical story where you kind of live, live, live a double life. You know, my parents were very um, traditional. So, yeah. um you know, so you know, you know, we go to church. I know how to act at home and at church, right? But just when you get in in the world, you know, you you, you knew how to act as well. I grew up in Baltimore City, so I hey, get you, you got to act the part, right? <laughs> they teach you that at the Naval Academy. They teach you a lot of stuff there, but they teach you to play hard and work hard. So yeah, mm-hmm. so you work hard when you're on the weekend. Go have fun. So I yeah. I get it. It's often what we see in the church culture where it is. Um, especially when you talk about that age, right? It's quite normal, um, especially if you've grown up in the church. Correct. Right. Like that's that is a normal thing for those who come to Christ and come to the church. Then I know for them it sounds shocking, but for most people who grew up in the church, this is it's more normal than not. Um, yeah, absolutely. And it's absolutely it um, takes time for. It's a transition from being your parents' faith or your yeah. grandparents' faith to being your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, my wife laments this often. She says, "You know, every time, every time a new generation is born, they have to learn everything for the first time. Whether it's how to how to speak, how to walk, how to do math, they have to learn it as if they're the first person to ever learn this. And it's the same way with our walk with God, the relationship that we have." with Christ. We, you know, growing up in church, it's easy to feel like because mom and dad or grandma or cousin or whomever is walking with the Lord and I'm not getting in trouble at home that me and Jesus are cool. Right. And Jesus has a really sweet way of nudging that <laughs> out of yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, he absolutely. You know, um, it, it, it's, it's weird um, being able to look back, right? Mm-hmm. You know, being able to look back over your life and see how God was 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 working to get you to where you are, because e- even even in all of that, um, 
you know, I loved, literally, I loved um, studying the Bible, learning the mm-hmm. Bible. And going um, to church. and Yeah. I mean, like, when I was 12, um, we would have two services, right? Of course, tra- you know, traditional Black church. We in church all day, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. But um, we would have, like, a... Um, a 745 service and um uh no i think before it no before it started at 745 it was maybe like uh our regular service was 1045 the, the early morning service may have started it ended up being 745 i can't remember the exact time but when i was 12 my parents would drop us off for sunday school and instead of going to sunday school i would sit in and catch the tail end of the early morning service yeah. And um, I would have like uh, I had a binder of all of the notes that I would take in that in that service. Oh, wow. And, um, um, you know, at the age of 12, I got picked to go to this uh, like, a, you know, like the church would always go to things with like the National Baptist Convention. Mm-hmm. And so um, I went end up getting picked with uh, maybe four other uh, other teens at our church to go to the convention that year. It was in Pittsburgh. And then we got to, we had to come back to the church and give like a report in the business meeting. So I'm like 12 years old. I had this, you know, I broke my own report about what we learned and things like that. And um, and from that time on, you know, people would always kind of, kind of pull me in to just do stuff and, um, you know, like, like leadership things. So I ended up, um, (laughs) y'all gonna think I'm crazy. (laughs) I ended up teaching. Uh, uh, I was the youngest person at my church to go through our discipleship ministry, mm-hmm. and then at seventeen, I started teaching a discipleship class for the for teens at the church. Now, I don't think I, it's I, crazy. No, the crazy part is whether or not he was teaching them in the club. No, this is part of. I think I think we're rubbing up against some of the stuff that we see church culture versus relationship with god right and and so church culture is one where there is this desire to impart as much information for the next generation even when that generation isn't ready to receive it yeah so yes i can engage with it and learn it and even be um i'd even say somewhat set apart to do it like this is what right. god is doing and he can use anyone he can use believers and unbelievers so i mean right. he can use a donkey like he can do, <laughs> he can do whatever yeah. he wants um so you know i think it's one of those things where it's interesting to hear again how he's front loaded all this stuff into your life right so that when you step into the relationship it's um it's not a bunch of um, heretical things as far as other faiths you have to fight against. Right now, you actually have to fight against what you know. Like, okay, how do I actually apply this stuff? How do Absolutely. I live it? How do yeah. I own it? And I think that that's something that we we miss in the discipleship process. I think mm-hmm. that you know, for I, look, I can't say about everywhere. I'm just talking about in in, in my experience. Is is discipleship is just let me give you this information. Right. But there is no mechanism to gauge, you know, whether or not you're applying it in your life. You know, it's just a good story. Right. Hey, this is a 17 year old young man. You know, he he loves the word. He's doing this. And, you know, I can probably really 
I can probably count on one hand the number of people who stopped me to ask me, you know, are you are you actually living <laughs> the things that you are right. kind of talking about to people? <laughs> and, and uh and you would have told them you would have told them what they wanted to hear. And I would and I would have told them what they wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it, you're absolutely right. right. There's there's no process. There's no right. process for discipleship. Discipleship is follow me while I follow Jesus. And like I tell my kids, you only have today and you have a choice that you're going to make today right now. Right. Are you going to follow Jesus today? Yeah. If you are, you're going to grow closer to him. If you're going to not, then it doesn't matter what you act like or what you say or how you conform. You're going to be living for yourself as King. Right. I don't want that for you because I know how that turns out. Right. You know, but the beautiful thing about God's providence is that, um, you know, I see a lot of people, you know, some people, my, even my age, some of my friends that I have grown up with that are that are um, Christians, it's like they they kind of, you know, even we're not early forties, right? But they they they're, they're having like a midlife crisis kind of a thing, mm-hmm. where now is the time that they want to start, you know, I never got a chance to live. So now they want to hang out in the clubs and do things. And I'm like, Hey, well, I guess I got that out the way early. You know, God kind (laughs) of, you know, he allowed me to get all of that out early so that, you know, but you know, we we all struggle with, with things. I'm not, I'm not trying to like say, no, no, no. I hear you. I think my question is, um, not again, not to judge them, even though I, it's easy to because I know it is something where they are desirous to participate in it. I'm curious now, just as the conversation goes, and I have not thought through this question or my answer. Um, <laughs> what is it that you desire that you're, you know, you think, oh, I wish I had that they did take up? Like, I know for me, I would love to have had my little ones earlier. Like, that's always a big thing for me where it's like, you know, it's just a time thing. Um, but that's still not the same as, I'm wishing for something because like there's something there that they see right. as the the good thing that as you state, I just don't have right now. Like I have no desire to go like there's literally no desire for that. But I do right. have yeah. as you state, I do have friends where they're like, I never got to experience that and I want to. And it's like, right. okay, I don't know what you're missing, but okay. right. <laughs> you know what I think? I think that um I think that we're all personally driven by different, you know, different things mm-hmm. at different times in our lives. And I think that what I would say is I think that, you know, just just think, just thinking about my friends and the interactions that, that, that the conversation we've had. I think that um, a lot of people are driven b- between these two extremes of legalism or just antinomianism, either like mm-hmm. I got to follow like the rules really strictly. And, you know, and then there, there's always going to be this pendulum swing to the opposite. Hold, hold up for new believers, antinomianism. Go ahead and define that for us real quick. Okay. Um, so one of us, one of us is going to jump on that and be like, wait a second. Okay. <laughs> so um, by, by antinomianism, I, I think that when I'm saying that people feel that they can live free with no rules because of God's grace. So like Paul says yeah. in, you know, in, in, in Romans, you know, um, you know, with great, with sin abounds, grace more abounds. Right. And mm-hmm. then he says, well, shall we continue in sin 
that grace may abound, right? So we take that to the logical <laughs> extent. It's Yo. like, hey, well, well, if I'm if I'm going if I'm going to get grace because if I, I, I because I sin, I mean, Let's I might as well, I might as well live it up. That's right. <laughs> and, and I like I'm, sinning. God likes yeah, forgiving like, sinning. Yeah. So they so they 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 may feel like, hey, there's no there, there's no restrictions. As, as one guy uh, from my, from my church said. Um, yeah, I was preaching from Hebrews one time, and he and uh, you know I said, "Hey, God spanks every child that He loves," and so he he Amen. stopped after the sermon and said, "He said, Pastor, I need to stop you. Like you're preaching legalism." <laughs> you're preaching said, uh, I'm saying, wait, what? <laughs> and he's saying, you know, God doesn't discipline us. You know, he he loves us. He gives us grace, and you know, even when we sin, you know, mm. you know that that there's only love. And so, so, I, so, so that I think those those are the two extremes that people are on. It's like either I'm, I'm I have to be very rigid and live by the law, mm-hmm. or there's no rules. I can do anything I want, and there can be no accountability. Yeah, misdefining love to right. such a degree that correction is not part of love. Correction right. is some other thing, but it is not love, and that's just the opposite. I love you enough to tell you that you're wrong. In right. the case of God, He makes it clear. First, my love language is obedience, which is uncomfortable. Right. And that's what I thought you were going to say is earlier, when it comes to love, obedience is the uncomfortable part, and it's often misunderstood as legalism, just as love for God toward us is correcting us because he knows us best right? and knows our tomorrows just as he knows our past. He knows our heart. And that is, that's, that is so uncomfortable that at least what I'm bumping into is a desire for comfort. And so our pleasure and this self, this feeling that self hasn't been fulfilled um, until you've done these things. And that's where the midlife crisis comes in. You go, yeah, that fits the model. And I, and I really, but I really, I I really think that I would say that's kind of where the kind of the opposite of, of where some of my my friends are is that I think that from like, I did the antinomian thing, (laughs) you know? You know, I, I did the I'ma just live how I want to live part, you know, and even though I, I wouldn't say I I I went reckless or crazy or anything like that. I just just an average normal teenager, right? Um, but some of some of my friends grew up with very rigid rules. Like um mm-hmm. I, one of my friends, um, you know, she grew up where, you know, we, we were talking and she said, you know, you know, I have to follow the Leviticus eleven diet, I have to do this and this. And I'm like, wait, we live in Baltimore. You don't eat crabs or bacon. Yeah, just, <laughs> it's like it's a port you know, city. So I think they they went through the whole legalism thing, and now at this stage in their lives, it's kind of swinging to the complete opposite mm-hmm. direction. And I, but for me, I'm I kind of was that person that, you know, if I'm gonna do something, I, like I'm not gonna do it halfway. So I feel like, hey, if I'm if I'm sinning, I'm going. I'm I'm we just going all the way. <laughs> You know, we are not encouraging that, sin. If you're not encouraging sin, that's not what I'm saying. Free Christ, we're not doing you know, that. We're just saying. We're so, not. if you're listening to this podcast and you have not accepted Christ, <laughs> do not go and embrace yeah, sin because you know that is grace not. <laughs> that is not what I'm saying. I'm saying for me personally, like that. That's how I was. But now that I'm now that I'm, now that I'm committed to the Lord, it's like I cannot do it halfway. You know, right. it's like. Um, and that's why I say the satisfied in Christ, where you say, I've kind of experienced the boundaries and know that they really weren't worth it. Like, like, exactly. like learn. Okay. They really this weren't is not worth good. 
this it's isn't this isn't worth the energy that yeah. you're putting into it this is yeah. this is extra you know. and i just don't have time for that i'd rather relax i'd rather <laughs> you know, i'd rather do many other things yeah once jacob had to limp the rest of his life he realized hey that you know and i and that's how i feel i, I there there are things that that we go through we experience we bring on ourselves and we have to limp with and that's a constant reminder like that that wasn't worth it don't don't do that again and I, I just feel like, um, to your point, that has brought me to the place of, of being of being content. You know, like I'm not. I've we've done. You know, even with marriage, like everything is extreme. So we, when I, you know, I got married. You know, my wife and I were like, this is this is going to be the first and last time we ever get married. Let's do everything. And so yeah. we ended up we ended up spending twenty five thousand dollars on our wedding, wow. all all on credit. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Well, let me say, credit, don't do this either. Credit <laughs> and student loans. <laughs> oh, two things not to do. Didn't you major in accounting? Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I started oh, off in accounting, and I broke all the rules. So that, oh, that's the point I'm making. The point I'm making is that you know, <laughs> but, you know, we'll we'll you know we're we're about to celebrate 17 years. <laughs> so we have we have I've I've learned. Mm -hmm. <laughs> As Paul said. In all things, I've learned to be content. <laughs> there it is. So I don't really have. Um, I feel like because I've done a lot of all of the crazy things, it's like for for me right now, you know, my greatest. Like I can truly say, not to be all churchy, like like you said, it's mm -hmm. like you know, but my, really, my greatest passion really is to like serve the Lord, help people, disciple people, help people grow, and um, that really is what is what kind of drives me. Um, I don't really, I don't, you know, I'm a very low maintenance person. You know, like I said, you know, my dream car that I know I will never own is a, is a, like a I8 BMW. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. You know, I'm I a just, Nissan GTR, but anyway. I just like the doors going up like a Lamborghini, you know, but, <laughs> um, but listen, if I had the money, I wouldn't spend it on it. You know? I know that's the problem. That's what I said. Someone has to give me the car. Like I can't, yeah, I, just, I can't buy it. I'd have to give um, that money away. Not out of guilt. Just. I know there are better resources. Yeah, better better things to do with it. I, I would want to, you know, help somebody or put towards mm -hmm. missions or, mm -hmm. you know, Bible translation projects, things like mm -hmm. these are really the things that, you know, that I've gotten to the place where, hey, these are the things that I'm, that I'm more passionate about than and just I, luxury. And I agree. And I think the funny part is, at least for me, this isn't out of an expectation that I'm going to get some new reward in heaven. Because I already know right. the reward is that I've got heaven. Like, You're right. like there's like so it's not a I'm or, like I'm, I'm I'm not saying this to be super holy. Like I don't get that from you. I don't get this to get an extra reward or a special badge in heaven. It's no, really. Again, I know what's worth it. And if I've if I've got money, I know it's paper. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I, I know where it can be best used, and that really is out of relationship with God. And that, that's what I love about what you're sharing. Exactly, it's, yeah. it's, exactly. it's not a, I'm holier than thou. It's a, the relationship is so attractive to me that this is how I relate to him. Like right. this is a natural outflow of it, not a, a, a legalistic, well, you got to give 10% to the church and then you can go buy the car and we're trying to figure out how to get right. there. <laughs> all this other stuff. It's a, not. Nah, this just isn't, this isn't, it's not that I can't imagine like, I, right. I imagine a God who creates, so he can do anything. It's just, I do know if I had it, it would be 
directed in a different way. And so right. I love it. I love this comes this comes full circle back to Hebrews and God spanks those he loves, but on this at the same time, those who have tasted of the heavenly fruit. Like when Jesus says to his disciples, Are you also going to leave me? And they turn to him and say, well, seriously, where else are we going to go? Yeah, where can I go? <laughs> where can I go? You've got the words of life. That's when there's no discipleship mechanism, that's what it is, because discipleship is only a path. It's only the road on which we walk in order to build relationship. And the relationship right. itself is what's being accomplished yet, which is such a beautiful picture. As you talk about it and as we talk, you know, we haven't we haven't told our stories. We could certainly uncover the box and open up that, that vault and start throwing <laughs> our stuff out there. And the fact is, just like the son that comes back, smelling of pig, having lost all the money, the father looks at him and sees him far away off and starts running to him. Says, my right. son is dead. He's alive. He's mine. He puts his ring on him. Puts his ring on him. Puts his shoes Celebrates on him. Celebrates him, yeah. Throws the feast. That's his grace. That's the grace of God that, that right. is towards all of us, that regardless of how far we run, as you said, he had chasing, he was chasing you at six. He continued chasing you. He will continue chasing you because of how much he loves you. And that, as I grow as a father, that's one of the things that I see more and more clearly because I, I see the lack in myself when it comes to my own kids. Right. Wow. That's, that's fantastic. And I, I think that's the grace of God <laughs> to keep us humble, right? Yep. We look at we look at our kids and say, I have so much farther to go. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, brother, thank you so much for coming on with us. I want to be respectful of your time. Um, really appreciate you spending this time with us. If people want to reach out to you, if they want to follow you, how can they do that? Um, our website is uh, www.urwcbaltimore.org. And all of our contact information and everything is, is uh, on there on our website. Do you put out anything in the, in, in the Instagram or, or YouTube or anything? No, I was, I was, uh, I was banned on social media by oh, my, no. uh, no, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, listen, no, I'm, I'm, no, seriously, seriously. Cause you know me, I, I, I you know, I, I, uh, uh, I love a good debate. <laughs> oh, oh, you know, you know I had, uh, so, so, so people from church were like, Hey pastor, Hey, listen, you know, how about you get off of off of social media? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm in I, agreement I, with them just for just for the record. I've never seen your social media and I'm still in agreement. Just, yeah, I did. So I deleted <laughs> I deleted deleted my uh, my social media. I stayed off for like three years. And um I just I literally just got back on Facebook a couple months ago. Oh, and, um, boo. and I only get I only get on to like just scroll through, see how people are doing, you know, make a few jokes and I get I get off and stay off. So there you go. So Boundaries. Do, yeah, I don't do the that's social awesome. media. It's a, such a waste of time. That's <laughs> wow. that's why that's why I was agreeing as far as not being on it. I, I you know, I see its usefulness. We are on different platforms. Mm -hmm. So I get it. I'm not trying to hate on them. I just know that currently they're designed not to help you, <laughs> but yeah. to detract from your life. Absolutely. I get so much more reading done when I'm not on social media. <laughs> and connecting with friends. Like yeah. you actually call them and talk to them. Right. Like, so yeah. yeah. Um, again, yeah, thank thanks you for having me, guys. Thanks for Absolutely. having me. I really thank enjoyed you. it. Listeners, thank you guys for coming with us. This has been Pastor Larry Thompson. And I uh, encourage you to check him out. Check out his church. Check out the uh, website. Go to his church. Don't check it out. Go. 
That's what I said. I said check it out. I said the wrong thing. Like, Thank no. you for correcting me. Yeah. <laughs> we love you guys. You can reach us always at gmail.com or wherever you're listening to podcasts. There are questions or uh, polls that we're posting with uh, these interviews. So if you have a chance, go ahead and check them out. You have to go over to Spotify for that, but we'd love to hear from you. Get a little back and forth going. Uh, we'll see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs>